Welcome to Sage Bay Belconnen. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Nikon. To uh, this next message in our Unsung Heroes series. And I want to start by telling a story about an unsung hero in my life. I want to tell you about a lady by the name of Jelaine Johnston. Now, Jelaine was my uh, sort of high school season youth leader uh, in the church I grew up in. Now, to be honest, as a you know teenage kid, there was absolutely nothing cool uh, about Jelaine. She had kind of a crazy hairdo. She was uh, a, like a spinster, uh, unmarried lady in her 40s or 50s. You know, when you're that age, everybody's just really old. And really, she kind of spoke in a very Kath and Kim sort of way and called us darlings a lot. Uh, so probably the kind of person our teenage kids would, would potentially not want to hang out with. But I've got to tell you, this lady... She was incredible, despite our misbehavior, despite throwing things out the windows of the church bus when we were going on camps, despite the shenanigans and the silly songs and the crazy stuff we did, despite the way we probably mocked the way she said, darlings, and everything else. She loved us. She prayed for us. She lived for us in so many ways. And out of that youth group, so many of those kids have gone on to continue to follow Jesus. Many of them are active in ministry to this very day. Some multiples of them, including obviously me, have gone on to uh, work in full-time ministry. And I can't but help smile when I think back uh, about Jelaine. And Jelaine, I tell you, is one of the unsung heroes of the kingdom. And across this series, we want to be calling out, shouting out, celebrating unsung heroes. That's the ones who are, are sitting in your seat right now, maybe the ones sitting next to you. But we're also going to do that by highlighting and understanding some of the stories uh, from the Bible. But ultimately, we've got to know that the kingdom of God is full of unsung heroes. It's not just about the super apostles or the few who make it into the headlines, but ultimately it is about these unsung heroes who are a part of the legacy of faith in other people's lives. And that's what I want to continue to call out. And I'm hoping that as we share this time together today, there'll be something stirred in you and a passion and a motivation to live out a life as one of those kingdom unsung heroes. And so there's a particular guy we want to look at today in a story out of uh, Colossians. Uh, this guy, Epaphras, is mentioned in Colossians 1, also in Colossians 4, and ever so briefly uh, in a short letter uh, to a guy called uh, Philemon. Now, these are letters written by the Apostle Paul uh, to churches or to an individual. And it's possible that the, the church, uh, the, the Colossian church, was meeting in Philemon's home. So they, they mention this particular guy called Epaphras. And we're going to pick up his story in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start with verses 3 to 8 there. And I'm going to read this to give you some background and context. But first, let me read it, in a sense, to you and over you from a pastoral perspective, from the pastor's heart uh, as celebrating and rejoicing in, in his church, in the body of believers. And it's a bit of an interesting experience, you know, like Paul was writing this to those who were not with presently with him at this time. And it was an encouragement to a church. And hey, uh, we're either connecting with you right now in your lounge room or in somebody else's home or in our Gangalan service. And so we're not physically present with you. And so I love the way this feels. And, and it's really where our hearts are at for you guys. It says this in, in verse 3 of Colossians 1. We always pray for you 
and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world, is going out all over Canberra, is going out all throughout our city and our region, is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned the good news from, and in this case we read, Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He's Christ's faithful servant and he's helping us on your behalf. And he's told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. I'm going to just go back a sentence or two there and, and have you think about this. You learned the good news from... And then insert name, maybe in my case from Jelaine Johnson, that, that high school uh, youth group leader. Maybe you've learned the good news from the person sitting right next to you uh, in that home or, or in our Gungalan location right now. Maybe you learned the good news from a family member, a, a friend, a grandparent. Maybe, wow, what a privilege. Maybe from us or maybe from James and Kylie leading the service there. Maybe from somebody else on team who you've seen this morning. Maybe there's a, an extra smile or sense of recognition on your face right now because you're reflecting on the fact that somebody shared the good news with you. Somebody went out of their way. Somebody in your life is an unsung hero of the faith. I wonder who it is that you learned the good news from. And here's an image I want to give to you as we unpack this story a little bit today and talk about uh, the idea of being an unsung hero. And it's that, that we are all links in the chain. Epaphras is mentioned by Paul, who's had an impact on Epaphras's life. And they're celebrating the impact that Epaphras has had on the Colossian church, on this group of people who've come to faith in Christ. Now, this church wasn't, uh, most likely wasn't founded by Paul directly. Epaphras had become a convert. He'd become a follower of Christ. And he's linked up with Paul in his ministries. And he's uh, essentially planted this church and gathered the believers together in, in Colossae and in a couple of other spots, Laodicea and Hierapolis, which are towns not too far uh, away from that location. And we learn in a little while, that he is having amazing impact in all of those areas. And so we are all, like Epaphras, called to be links in this incredible chain in the legacy of faith as our lives interconnect with each other, as we receive this good news, and as it goes out of us and impacts other people's lives. So Epaphras was most likely, in, in a way, the source of the faith of those in Colossae, in the, in the Colossian church. Uh, and um, we also hear him pop up later on, as he's mentioned briefly in that book I mentioned, perhaps written uh, to the person whose home that church met in, a guy called Philemon. And we read there that Paul even mentions Epaphras as his fellow prisoner. So it's quite likely that as Paul wrote these letters from prison, at some point or another, at the very least, Epaphras ministered to Paul and shared time with him in a significant way, potentially... He was even imprisoned with him, either for similar reasons, for the sharing of faith, or it is even possible that he voluntarily went into that prison environment and was confined with Paul to be a support to him. So Epaphras' influence was not limited just to those cities. He was a blessing and a benefit to the Apostle Paul and to many others as well. 
And in Colossians chapter 4, this is what's said of Epaphras. He's a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. I love that Paul, right, a guy who had taken incredible risks for Christ, who, uh, who had kind of worn calluses on his knees in prayer, who was laboring in prayer. Prayer was a significant part of Paul's life, and yet he sees in Epaphras a gift of prayer, and he sees the dedication that Epaphras prays with for those. He sees it and it impresses him so much that he shouts it out. This is not Epaphras boasting. Epaphras is an incredibly humble guy. Paul is saying, you got to know that this guy prays for you. These are the kind of words that are used about Epaphras. He's described as beloved. He's described as faithful. He's described as a fellow servant, a, a minister of Christ. He's also described, as I mentioned, as a fellow prisoner. These, literally, this guy is mentioned in about five verses of the Bible, and yet there are multiple powerful descriptors of this guy's life because he has such an impact on other people. But hey, you know what? Epaphras wasn't some super apostle. He wasn't the most talented guy in the room. He wasn't just one of the, the few who gets to take a headline place. He was literally somebody who had encountered Christ. The good news had touched down in his life. It had transformed him. It had opened his eyes to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. It had shown him where to put his trust, how to receive forgiveness and freedom because of what Jesus had done for him on the cross. And out of that, he lived a life that overflowed towards other people. Ultimately, Epaphras met Christ and had a desire in his heart to help other people do the same. You're probably sitting next to an Epaphras right now. You, in your seat, could be an Epaphras right now. Somebody who has encountered Christ, has seen that radical transformation in their world, understands the impact of the love of Jesus in your life, and is committed to walking that out. And I want to stir up and call out that commitment and that passion in you. Not just in the moments, not, don't just be a weekend warrior or a, a Sunday Christian, but understand like Epaphras did that we can live every single day in a way that is, uh, glorifies God and is a benefit and a blessing to other people. We can all have this sort of kingdom impact. We can all be an unsung hero of the faith just by living a life surrendered to Jesus Christ and to His purposes. You know, for Paul to actually describe Epaphras as a faithful servant as a servant of Christ, is an incredibly high compliment. Paul used that wording of two people. There were many who ministered with him, many places he went. He shouted out two people as faithful servants of Christ. Timothy, his beloved son in the faith who led significant churches, and Epaphras, this guy who, who planted and, and helped grow these churches and, and ministered to the needs of the believers. These guys were called faithful servants of Christ. And, and ultimately, it's clear to us that even from these few small verses that mention Epaphras, that he was a servant of Christ, that he lived with Jesus as his priority, not just on the easy days, not just in the impressive moments, not just in, in the headlines, but he lived day to day as a dedicated, devoted follower of Jesus. A life of faith in Him, in Christ, to Him meant everything. 
it had, it had transformed his reality. It had changed the way he saw other people. It realigned his priori- priorities. It affected the way he used his time, his energy, his resources. He went to Paul, sought him out in prison and ministered to him and with him. Even while he was there, distant from his church, he labored in prayer for them. He prayed fervently, so much so that Paul felt he needed to mention it in the letter. Going back to the churches, this guy had had his life impacted and had set himself apart to be used by Christ. This is the call of a follower of Jesus. Not to just hang out with with other like-minded people. Not just to enjoy each other's company, though that is so significant. But to minister to one another. To be a blessing to those in our world, in our community. To to live with the eyes of Christ and to see those around us. That is how we become heroes of the faith. Ultimately, it is about investing in each other's lives. Epaphras was clearly a passionate man. He not, not just in an emotional way, but in a dedicated, committed sort of way. He, he didn't just desire people to hang out together or maybe even just to know Christ, but he wanted them to excel spiritually. When Paul talks about Epaphras' prayers there, he says, He prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect and fully confident of following the whole will of God. I can assure you, he prays hard for you. He prays hard for you. What a cool thought that is. I I wonder how many of us can be described as people who pray hard for others. If you're a connect group leader, are you praying hard for the people in your group? If you're maybe on a kids church team, are you praying hard for the children who you're going to have a chance to minister to each week? If you're a, a, a mother or a father, a husband or a wife, are you praying hard for your family? If you're a, a friend, are you praying hard for those that you care about? Are you praying hard for your colleagues and for your, your workmates, for your, the people who are studying next to you at university, the people in your school? Are you, are you praying with a level of passion and commitment and fervor that would cause other people to notice it? You know, I often like to think of Epaphras was a connect group leader. Uh, you know, he'd be making sure everything was just right and he would have done everything he could to be ready to make sure people uh, were having a brilliant time. If he was a cafe team member, uh, you know, he'd be sitting there tweaking the, the grind on the coffee machine, making, he was doing, making sure he was doing everything to the nth degree to be a blessing to others. He'd be making sure in Gangal and there that the, the rows of chairs were looking just right, they were straight, and the, that everything that was in his grasp to, to put his hand to was done excellently and with a passion to bless and to, to, uh, to favor others. You know, I love the fact that, that we're shown that Epaphras was a, a giant in prayer, that, that he didn't just work hard, he prayed hard. And that even when he was away from those he cared for and led, that he was working for them on their behalf in prayer. He was constantly seeking God for their betterment. He was crying out for God. He was a prayer warrior. I sort of got this picture in my mind as I was reading this story again of, of this guy on his knees, knees in prayer, uh, but casting a far greater shadow than just this, maybe this sort of, you know, uh, huddled over figure on his knees in prayer might, but just this, this impact in prayer that when he got into his prayer closet, things shook and, and stuff was released. Uh, you know, the, the Colossians were ever present in his prayer life. He toiled over them before God. 
wrestling in this spirit of prayer for them. He wanted them to excel. He cried out to God for their spiritual success and their betterment. And so let's, let's be challenged by that today. What's our level of prayer like for others? Sometimes others are, are maybe just a passing mention in our prayer life. Oh, God, I help you fix that thing and look after that person and do this. But, but where are we laboring in prayer? Who's God put on our hearts? Who are our people? Is it your family, your friends, your connect group? Who are the people that God has laid on your heart that you're going to pray for? Let me encourage you, write them down, know them by name, commit to it, dig deep wells of prayer. I wonder what triumphs in the lives of others can be authored by your prayers. I wonder what burdens can be eased. I wonder what seeds are going to be sown in the lives of others as you commit to lifting them up in prayer. You know, one of the greatest antidotes for our, often our melancholy, our, our feelings of, 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 of frustration or whatever else is going on in our life, one of the greatest antidotes for that mindset and attitude is to pray for others. You know, the Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. How much more so our friends, how much more so those that, that we care deeply about. You know, Jesus prayed for us as his friends. You can read that incredible prayer in John chapter 17 if you want a, a little bit of homework. You can read about Jesus' high priestly prayer for all of us as his followers right through to this very age. Let's join in the unbroken chain of prayer, the unbroken chain of the good news that goes out all over the world, touching down and transforming lives, just as it did yours, just as it did the Colossian church, just as it did Epaphras' life, just as it did Jelaine Johnson, youth group leader's life. Let's become a part of the unbroken chain, receiving the good news and praying it into being in other people's lives, sharing it into other people's lives, serving it into other people's lives. You know, one of the final things that stands out to me uh, from the little that we know about Epaphras is that he brought joy. You can hear it in the tone of this letter as Paul writes it. He is rejoicing and celebrating. Remember, these are not people that he has met or knows personally. He has just heard the reports. They are, it's like a, he's writing almost like a, a grandfather or a, or a cousin once removed. He, he, he knows Epaphras and Epaphras knows them. And it's clear that the message that Epaphras has brought to Paul has brought joy into Paul's life. That's why he's just bursting out. He's saying, oh, we pray for you and we thank God for you. We've heard of your faith. We are celebrating it. We are rejoicing in your love for others in the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And we, we are especially excited that it says here in verse 8 that Epaphras has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. I, I get this picture in my mind of Epaphras just sitting down with Paul, maybe in that prison cell saying, Paul, oh, I wish one that you've got to come and meet these people. They, they are filled with joy. They are filled with hope. They understand the love of Christ. They've got it so much so that they desire to share it with others. They can't stop. It's captivated their hearts. They love others. They serve them. They do life together. You, you would love these people, Paul. And, and it's brought such joy in Paul's hearts. And so Epaphras is full of joy and Paul is full of joy. And, uh, and as they meet uh, later on with the, with the church, as Epaphras is with them, there's a sense of joy uh, welling up. I love the idea that Epaphras is a guy who brings joy. He, he is not just one of the church. He is for the church. He is passionate for them, and he is blessed. He receives joy from them. 
you know, this is the, this is the blessing of being invested in the lives of others. The joy that we receive and the joy that we can give as we are connected, as we invest in the lives of others, as maybe you've brought somebody to church today, as maybe you are in a watch party and you've included somebody else uh, in that today, perhaps in your home, as you're reaching out to people in your day-to-day week, the joy of being invested in each other's lives as being those links in the chain. Just take a moment to maybe look around in the, the room that you're a part of, if you're sharing this experience in any way with, with other people. There is great stuff happening. Celebrate it. Thank God for it. Share it with others. Rejoice and praise God for what He is doing. I am so proud of you. I am so thankful for you. We are so encouraged by you in the Gunga Island service, in our online service, in homes, in workplaces, wherever you're experiencing We are so grateful and so thankful for you, your stories, what God is doing in your life, how you're living out and investing in the lives of others. And I'd like to think that in years to come, there are stories like this right across our church, stories like Epaphras's story, stories like Jelaine Johnson, high school youth leader, of people uh, who are invested in each other's lives. I'd love to think this is going to be happening in many locations, in many services, in many homes, in many ways as we gather together. People are celebrating what God is doing, wholeheartedly following Jesus together, investing each uh, in each other's lives and becoming those unsung heroes in the chain, in the legacy of faith that we're a part of to this very day. And so as you straighten the chairs in Gungahlin and wave people in, as you turn up in your connect groups this week, as you give faithfully through kingdom builders and through our tithes and offerings, as as you invest in the lives of, of others, as you serve alongside others, as you dig deep wells of prayer for others, you are incredible links in the chain. You are a part of an incredible legacy of faith. And I would just love to pray for you as we wrap up our time together right now. Father, I thank you. What a privilege to have received the good news about Jesus, to know that our sins are forgiven, that we are made right with you, to, to, to know that good news that has touched down in our hearts, that has revealed to us our sinful nature, that has shown us how much we need your forgiveness. We need the love of our Savior. Lord, and as we have uh, in many cases received that forgiveness, put our trust in Jesus, I thank you and I rejoice in the call to follow you, Jesus. I pray that for everyone who is a follower of yours, that they would be stirred in their hearts, that you would fan into flame the gifts you've placed in them, Holy Spirit, that we would together discover and stir up what you have placed in each other so that we can be used by you for the blessing of others, that we would commit to investing in each other's lives. And Lord, for those that you're speaking to right now, those that you are calling and drawing to yourself, those who you, are, you Holy Spirit, are, are whispering to about forgiveness, about freedom, who are you are leading to a place of surrender and commitment to a life of faith, a life of following Jesus Christ. I thank you for your incredible work. Thank you for the privilege of sharing who you are and what you have done in each other's lives, Lord. And I thank you that you're drawing us all to yourself here today. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, 
visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.